Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, May the 16th, 2023. It is currently 6.16 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, right when I hit the button to go live, you may have noticed a pause there because I was just, all of a sudden, a thought entered into my mind. Like the second I hit the button to go live, all of a sudden I was like, wait, are my, are, what is my motivation for going live right now? Is my motivation correct? Would that be a wrong motivation? And I started second guessing myself. I almost just said, you know what? Stop, stop, stop. So I, I'm still struggling with my motivation here, but I believe my motivation is right. I believe I have good intentions in this. Maybe some of it is a little self-serving, but I will explain. Yesterday at 2 p.m., I was sitting inside a sanctuary of a church where a funeral was underway. There was much grief. There was pain because the tragedy was obviously someone died and someone died as a result of some mental health issues. And I had to speak at that funeral. And when I stepped behind the podium slash pulpit to speak, I had a, I had a clear idea in my mind and what I wanted to present and exactly how to present it. And even down to the very words I wanted to say, when my 15 minutes ended, I feel that I tried to get the points across. I don't know if I... I can't say for sure I said the words exactly the way I wanted them to say. In other words, I I think maybe the way they sounded in my mind did not come out the way I wanted them to sound. Maybe, who knows? I mean, I I was emotional. It was a, it was a very tough situation. And we talked about that earlier today on a today's uh, focus podcast episode. And I, you know, I tried to talk about Mental health. I try to talk about it and I try to talk about the ways in which I believe Christianity has approached the subject of mental health and tragedy in general in a very inadequate way. And in fact, in a way that I think leads to more trauma than it does actual healing. So I've been waiting today for the opportunity to come back up here to the studio because I want to start talking about mental health again. And we're going to create kind of a mini series dealing with at least 10 things related to mental health. This will serve as an introduction. We'll cover just a couple of points. Then maybe I don't know if we'll do anything later tonight. And then tomorrow we'll try to spend maybe two or three episodes covering the rest. Because obviously mental health is... You know what I'm, I'm I'm currently thinking a lot about, right? And I'm trying to think about mental health in light of our Christianity, of our of our spirituality, and trying to see how these things interwork, how they connect, how we should think about it theologically and biblically, and try to avoid some of the mistakes the church has made in the past. So what we're going to do is we kind of introduce what this will be, you know, mental health, 10 things. I, I, you know, I may change the title a couple of times until I'm happy with it, but we'll try to get it all organized and ready for you. But let me make this very clear because you know, if you listen to my podcast for any length of time, you know how I love to turn on the microphone in a very real organic way, say, hey guys, Let's work together on this issue. I like to kind of take you through the process, thinking it out in real time, trying to figure it out. You know how I love to present kind of a a, a theory or a hypothesis and go, let's test this. Let's really try to get to the bottom of it. I try to invite you to be a part of the entire process. So there are a lot. There's a lot of this that I'm still thinking. I'm still trying to figure it all out. And I'm and now and I'm trying to maybe rethink the way I've perceived things in the past and and trying to come up with maybe a new way of looking at this very important subject that can have devastating consequences if someone's mental health is not addressed adequately. It can have devastating consequences. 
So let's do this. Let's work on a definition for mental health. Let's work on a definition for mental health. If I was to ask you, define mental health. If I was to ask you to define it, what would you write down? If I, if I was to, if I was to um, give you a piece of paper, right? If I was to give you a piece of paper and I was to say, I need you to write a paragraph. Oh, I'm not even a, not even a paragraph. Just define mental health. Define mental health. Like there's a part of me that almost wants to say, hey, for this introduction, that's what all I'm going to do. I want you to write down your definition of mental health and email it to me. Send a screenshot. Send something so that I, I want to know how you understand mental health. I, it, not even so much like you trying to remember an academic definition or something from a dictionary, but just in your mind when you think mental health. How do you understand it? And do you believe first that definition is accurate with how those who are experts in the area of mental health? And do you think that it's even accurate from a biblical and theological perspective? Now, I looked up mental health. Here's just some kind of working definitions. They all seem to have certain things in common. Mental health. Includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. So mental health includes emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, how we feel, and how we Act. I want you to think about the implications of that biblically, theologically. You are a Christian. And your mental health impacts how you think, how you feel, and how you act. So let, let, let's add this. Do you so now now that that would now if once it something begins to impact the way you think, how you feel, and how you act, well then can your mental health then impact your spirituality? Could your mental health impact what we would call sin? Could it have that implication, right? Could, could it? Could it have? Could it have that? And I think it's very important. Very important thing to consider. Um, I, 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 I think. I think it's something. I, I'm. I'm trying. I don't know. I'm, I'm pausing. I'm kind of pausing there and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I know I'm being hesitant there to, to just move on with my, my words, but I'm, I'm, think, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at it from this. Let's just, just work with me here, right? Just work with me here, right? I'm just going to interrupt this definition for us to just really start considering something, right? So here is a person. Let's just, we'll call this person, we'll just call him person A, right? Well, just a person. If I give them a name, then it'll, then someone will be, perceive them male or female. Let's just say person A, right? So then we don't have to worry about that. Meaning that this person is relevant to who you are as well, okay? This, this person is relevant to who you are as well. Here is a person. They are a Christian. They are a Christian. Now, let me ask you. If they are having mental health issues that impacts the way they think, feel, and act... Does that impact their spirituality? Or do we understand the reason they're having mental health issues is because of a lack of said spirituality, right? The reason your mental health is now impacting your spirituality is because you're not spiritual enough. But if you can increase your spirituality, then you can decrease your mental health issue or you can have better mental health. Like your mental, maybe you're, you're having a, a a mental illness, and you can overcome your mental illness if you have more spirituality. Like I think Christianity kind of see maybe sometimes mental health and spirituality that they link them together in this way. If your spirituality is right, if your spirituality reaches a certain level, then all your mental health issues magically go away. So a lack of spirituality is the cause of your mental health issues. And then those mental health issues then have a direct negative impact on your spirituality, maybe causing you to think, feel, and act in a way which is not biblical and not, it's not, it's not correct according to mental health. It's not even a correct, maybe theologically and biblically. 
Do you think the answer is, see, so do we approach mental health as if we can get you spiritually right, then you will have proper mental health. A lack of mental health is because of a lack of spiritual health. What is the connection between mental health and spiritual health? Maybe we should say it that way. Now, obviously, from a, even from a Christian perspective, right, mental health should be something we have to consider if it can impact how you think, feel, and act. But if we create a scenario, if we create a theology, if we create a philosophy that says, no, 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 don't worry about mental health. Get, your, get yourself right spiritually and dramatically, magically almost. I know we wouldn't use the word magically. Supernaturally, your mental health will be Perfect. But how many Christians have you met who mental health wise, maybe the way they think, feel and act, there's something wrong. This definition goes on to say mental health includes our emotional, psychological, social well-being. It affects how we think, feel and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others and make healthy choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence through adulthood. Another definition, mental health encompasses emotional, psychological, and social well-being, influencing cognition, perception, and behavior. So again, how you think, how you understand, it goes all the way down to the understanding and your behavior, how you act. It is likewise determines how an individual handles stress, interpersonal relations, and decision-making. It's almost as a man thinketh, so is he kind of concept, right? So mental health has a profound impact on you, a profound, an absolutely astonishing, profound impact on your, your life. So once again, from your theological perspective, from your perspective as a Christian, if person A is spiritual enough, does it fix all mental health issues? Is your spiritual health the key to fixing your mental health or are the two somehow separate? Okay, now someone just said, I don't think it's one or the other, but both play a role. And need to be addressed. Now, I, now, both mental health and spirituality. I, now, I, that's kind of where I was going. I wanted people to struggle with how one affects the other. I wanted people to really think that through, but this kind of, kind of, this is where I ultimately wanted to go. I, I don't know if we can say, hey, if you get your spirituality right, your mental health is just automatically fixed. That any mental health issue is almost deemed a spiritual issue. But the church has been doing that for a long time. Hey, all mental health issues are spiritual issues. Get Read your Bible more, pray more, go to church more, study more, have your quiet time, do your devotional time, buy some Christian books, go to a Christian conference, and dun, 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 your mental health problems are over. Now, I mentioned three ways in which I believe the church. Oh, I didn't, I didn't mention them in this episode, but I mentioned that, you know, the church sometimes leads to more trauma. Well, the church does three things, right? Number one, the church rips verses out of context and throws it at people's trauma and mental health. The church has a tendency to say, Jesus is the cure all. Come to Jesus and it fixes it. This one really relates to this subject. Because many Christians see the correlation between spiritual health and mental health is your spiritual health is wrong, your mental health will be wrong. All you got to do is fix your spiritual health and your mental health is, uh, mental health will be right. But I, I don't think it's that simple. I think you have to address both of them separately. Or now you may want to interlink them together, but in a, in a roundabout way, you're like, okay, where you are spiritually, let's work on where you are spiritually. Not even, and not, don't even connect it to the mental health. Don't tell them if you'll get your spiritual health right, your mental health will be better. Don't ever say that because then what happens, the person then gets into like, I'm going to read more. I'm going to listen to more sermons. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to go to church more. And when mental, when their mental health does not improve, then they're dev, not, they will either think they're not doing enough things right spiritually, they will feel more and more guilt, which only will then just 
make the entire situation worse. Someone else in chat just said, I'm not sure if it helps when people take Bible stories of people with seemingly mental uh, mental issues and link them to spiritual issues. That's when that gets into how do we handle stories in the Bible about people having certain issues. I th- yeah, I mean, I, that goes back to, to hermeneutics, which we'll, we'll, maybe, maybe we'll have to add something to that almost leads to an entire different series, uh, mental health and hermeneutics. Okay. M- maybe we'll have to get there, but I, I think that there is a, I, th- I think this is something we have to, we have to separate to some level. I, I'm going to, I, I, I am not saying they're not linked. What I, what I'm going to say back to spiritual health and mental health, um, and see if this makes sense. And I've already kind of articulated it, but let me say it again just for clarity's sake. If, if I'm looking at someone, I'm like, okay, look, you're having mental health issues. Okay, so we're going to address both of these in kind of in a holistic approach. We're, gonna, we're going to address both because these two are linked together, right? Now, the person hears this, and then, and then almost inevitably, the Christian counselor will pursue, or the pastor will say, now, what we need to do is get, make sure, are you in the Word? Are you praying enough? Are you going to church? Are you having fellowship with other Christians? Or is there any sin in your life? And immediately, I mean, clearly the message is, hey, whatever the mental health is, mental health issue is, we got to fix all of the spiritual stuff. I think, look, there, I would say, look, there's two aspects to your life. There's your mental health and there's your spirituality. For now, we're not going to speak of connection. These are two separate things. So let's work on your spiritual health. And we're not saying in any way, shape or form that it will impact or even improve your mental health. We're not even going to, we're not, this is just what we do spiritually because we need to define what spiritual health is. So I think because spiritual health and mental health, well, how would we define spiritual health? I think you almost have to separate them, right? As of now, remember, this is, we're in, we're just, this is all, we're just trying to process this. I'm just throwing out some hypotheses here, right? So we, we get them to focus on the spiritual and then, and then we say, let's work on the mental, and then how can we address these mental health issues? Can we, do we need to pursue seeing if there is a clear mental illness diagnosis that, that is present? And then what are the possible ways of treating it? Now, some Christians would immediately say absolutely not because the mental health issue has to be treated spiritually. Clearly, mental health impacts us in a way that would impact our spiritual life. There's no way to get around that. So we are going to be in, we will be impacted spiritually by our mental health. But whatever connection or help our spirituality would have to our mental health, I think the danger is, is you, 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 you keep, and I know Christians may not I think there are well-meaning Christians who don't mean to do this, but they basically look at you and, and it's always, it's always the same thing. Pray more, read your Bible more, have more faith. It, it, it is constantly that. It, it almost inevitably, like no matter how, how, how many different words they use, no matter how much they dress it up, when you strip away all of the words, you're left with read your Bible more, pray more, believe in God, don't doubt. Like they just, it's basically it's law, 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 law. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And the people do this and do this and do this. And sometimes it just keeps, you know, a mountain of guilt upon them. I think I think the two have to be separated. Now, if we were to look up, I'm just curious. If we were to look at so mental health, I may look at a different another definition. Let's let's go through these two definitions one one more time. Mental health, mental health encompasses emotional, psychological, and social well being, influencing cognition, perception, and behavior. It likewise determines how an individual handles stress, interpersonal relations, and decision making. Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relates to others, and make healthy choices. 
going to another uh, site. Um, okay, well, that's pretty much word for word for what we've looked at. All right. And just uh, mental health conditions. Many factors contribute to mental health issues. You ready? Biological factors to mental health conditions include many factors contribute to mental health, including biological factors such as genes or brain chemistry. Genes and brain ke- brain chemistry can impact one's mental health. Praying and reading your Bible and 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 going to church is not going to n- n- change your genes or your brain chemistry. Um, life experiences such as trauma or abuse, and family health, family health, health, family history of mental health problems. There's a lot of factors. Um, ah, now, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, when I get silent, like I'm moving the microphone over, I'm getting ready to do something and you're just listening going, what just happened? He stopped talking. Someone in chat just said this. This is really good. I think most people separate mental health completely from physical health. And that's maybe why they want to treat it differently. Improving spiritual health won't directly help, uh, help the physical. So why is it different with the mental health? That is true. Because mental health, mental health illness, mental health issues, it's, it's, yeah, mental health illness, it's a disease, right? And we have a tendency, especially within Christianity, to link the spiritual with the mental. So we do that. But if you're, if you were to think that through, well, wait a minute. Well, then your spiritual health should impact your, I don't know, blood pressure. Uh, cholesterol. Okay. Hi. Uh, you know, it should, it should just start. It should just get rid of my seizures, fix cancer. Like, you know, just like your broken leg. I got a broken leg. Pray a little bit more, read your Bible more and that pain will go away and the bone will heal itself. Right. Like, you know, like, um, I think that I, I think it's true, but I think the problem is that some people don't see mental health as like health. They don't see it as I, 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 at least this is my perspective, is that Christians in general, even if they don't say it, when they talk about things, they cl- directly link mental health issues to one's spirituality and their faith, level of faith, quality of faith, or lack thereof. All right? Yeah, someone said it does do that. Just watch Christian television. Now, that's, that's true. That is true. And I think that that's basically spiritual and, and I think, I think it's malpractice. I, I think it's spiritual malpractice. I think it's mental health malpractice. I think it's just mal, I think the people should be sued for it. I'm, I mean, I don't know what the legality is, but it just sounds frightening to me when it's basically like, look, get your spiritual life ready and all of these problems will be over. But these mental health issues are, are the factors that lead to it are like, can be something as, biological factors. It's an illness. You can't say come to G. I know some charismatics and, and, and this is where I think the influence of charismatic theology has so impacted the American church. Because once again, it's like you come to Jesus and then he's going to fix it all. But you have to separate it. Now, and now you've got to hear what I'm saying because some people are going to misinterpret. I am not saying you should just forget your spiritual health. You pursue your spiritual health because that's what we want to be healthy as Christians. Whatever positive influence that may have on one, one's mental health, so be it great, wonderful. You may even be able to see some kind of a correlation. Great. But here's the thing. When someone is struggling with mental health issues, if you just say the way to fix that is to fix it spiritually, well, number one, you don't understand that it's an actual disease. It's an actual problem. Like you're, you're, you're interpreting it completely wrong. But secondly, what you don't realize you do is inadvertently you create a list of rules, a list of law and say, hey, your mental health issues will be fulfilled by you keeping the law of God, which you cannot do sufficiently. So then if you're even remotely honest with yourself, that will only destroy your mental health. It will make you give up. It will make you discouraged, defeated, depressed, feel like a failure, make you possibly hate God and, or make you think you're not saved and lead you to an absolute dark pit of despair.
Mental health here, spiritual health here. I've got my hands separated, you know, far apart. We always are working on our spiritual health. We always should. But mental health has to be addressed in its own special, unique way. With trained professionals who understand it. Now, I'm, I'm going to get 100 emails. People are going to be so... People are going to be so dis. I know the disagreements are going to come pouring in, but that, but but you're going you're going to almost see you're you're not going to see mental health as a real as a real health issue. But if our mental health is wrong, we all have to agree it's going to have a profound impact on us spiritually. Because mental health impacts how I think, how I feel, and how I act, how I perceive things. If you're, if you, depending on the kind of the, what you're suffering with a mental illness, if your mental health is suffering, just think this through. It so impacts your thinking you can't see reality. So it's going to greatly impact you spiritually, but you can't fix it by telling them to read their Bible more go to church more and pray more. Now that's 26 minutes. I'm just trying to introduce this. I'm just trying to, I want us to see the correlation between, how would you understand the correlation? How would you understand it? How would you, how would you map it out? If you were trying to map it out, it's something I really want you to think about. Now, what we're going to use is an article that was published um, on May the 15th. So I saw this yesterday. So remember yesterday, I'm getting ready to go to a speak at a funeral, tragedy, mental health. I mean, yeah, mental health was, was the issue, was the issue, right? Okay. And again, if you would listen, if you listen to how people would talk about those kinds of tragedy, the, the, the solution is always spirit. Like if someone has a mental health issue, it cannot be fixed. I'm just going to be dogmatic about this. And I know I'm probably going to offend people, but I, it cannot just be fixed with quoting some scripture. It can't just be fixed with church services. It just can't be fixed with just believe in Jesus. It's a health issue. You don't look at someone with cancer and just like, hey, here's a couple of scriptures. No, you're like, you need to get to a doctor. You need to find out the, the cancer, the level of cancer, how far it's spread. Is it operable? Is it non-operable? What, is, it, is it terminal? What, what's the best course of action? It would be like someone telling me, man, your seizure issues, if we, if you could just read your Bible a little bit more and listen to some more sermons and, and believe in God a little bit more, they would all go away. In the face of that kind of tragedy, it becomes obvious that there, there's a, we've got to, we've got to do a better job of separating this as we, 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 we've, we've so linked it together. Look, I hate to say it. The way some Christians approach it, mental health issues basically equate to sin in the minds of many. These mental health issues, you are in sin. Now, I understand mental health issues could lead you to actual sin. That's defined. But the fact that you're having the mental health issues, it is blamed on your spirituality. It's blamed on your sinfulness. It's not, it's not seen as this is a real health issue. But the article, the article has as the headline title, 10 ways Christians can improve their mental health. 10 ways. The picture underneath appears to be someone doing yoga. Looks like maybe sunrise. The sun is coming up, right? It's, you know, they're, they're, they're in the perfect pose, perfect position, right? It looks, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really powerful picture. And it, the article says this, when people think about mental health, they typically picture mood disorders like schizophrenia, OCD, or a bipo bipolar episode. What many don't realize is that common symptoms like stress, anxiety, depression are also tied to mental health. Among Christians, it's easy to dismiss 
these emotions as personal flaws and our moral character, but nothing can be further from the truth. It's been estimated that nearly one in five Americans experience some kind of mental health incident each year, and like any physical ailment, these shouldn't go left untreated. For Christians, practicing emotional self-care can be extremely difficult. Things which benefit our mental health can be often, we can often, now this is just interesting to hear this, all right? Um, Yeah, I'm going to read this again because I think this is interesting. All right, here we go. For Christians, and if if you're hearing sounds, I'm moving pencils. I was trying to move them quietly, but things just started falling all over the place. But here we go. Affecting my mental health. All right, here we go. For Christians... Practicing emotional self-care can be extremely difficult. Things which benefit our mental health can often feel selfish or self-indulgent. So we avoid them out of guilt and misplaced shame. So not only within Christianity... Can the mental health problem itself be viewed as a lack of your spirituality like you are in sin? Then sometimes the answer to it is seen as being, well, as they put it, selfish or self-indulgent. So therefore, then people won't even pursue sometimes the solution because then they feel that that's sinful. You talk about a deadly recipe. You talk about a deadly recipe. This is not good. Yet our mental health affects how we think, feel, and respond on a daily basis. It can even take a toll on our spiritual life if we're not careful. It is important to remember that God does not want his children to suffer unduly, and we cannot be faithful to... Okay, it's important to remember that God does not want his children to suffer unduly. I mean, we can get into a big philosophical case there. I mean, if God doesn't want you to suffer, he could remove the suffering, right? I mean, that, that, that's always the philosophical dilemma. I know Christians, we just say things, right? Hey, God doesn't want you to suffer. Well, then why won't he remove all your mental health issues, right? You won't have depression. You won't have schizophrenia. You won't have OCD. You won't have bipolar episodes, right? Like, Hey, God doesn't want you to suffer. He's removed the cancer. God doesn't want you to suffer. You don't have seizure disorders. God doesn't want you to suffer. So when you got hit by the drunk driver, you were okay. To say that God doesn't want you to suffer, I don't think is an accurate representation of life because the all-powerful, eternal, omnipotent God clearly has not done anything to remove suffering. So, all right. That's just something. I just, I don't know how we can do that. Maybe because... Uh, and we cannot be faith and it says, and we cannot be faithful disciples if we're avoiding our own problems. So if you find yourself overburdened with anxiety or worry, here are 10 ways you can invest in your own mental well-being. Now, immediately, I'm interested to see what they're going to offer, right? Now, are they going to drive you to maybe how would mental health experts address these issues? Or are they going to address you to spiritual issues, which then is supposed to fix the mental health issue, which would be like someone saying, if you're suffering cancer, here are t- 10 things you are to do in order to fix your cancer. What do you think the 10th, what do you think the first one is? What do you think the first one is? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think the first thing they want you to do? The first thing they want you to do to improve your mental health. What do you think? First thing, first thing. Now, it'd be interesting to get experts in, in, in the brain, uh, experts on mental health and say what, what steps they would give you. Like, hey, just give me simple steps of things that help improve one's mental health. What would they be? Would, they, would it be sleep? Would it be proper exercise? Would it be diet? Would it be avoid this? Would it be avoid? Like, I wonder what like experts would give. But here, the way that you are to fix your mental health or the way to improve your mental health. Let's see what someone says here. (laughs) Right. All right. So clearly, I'm just, okay, we're just going to end this podcast because everyone in chat already knows the answer. So there's no reason. This concludes broadcasting. I'm retiring from broadcasting because clearly I, I don't, I can't give you anything that you don't know. Right. Everyone said pray more or pray. And guess what number one is? Pray. (laughs) 
Literally, they start with pray. They quote, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Prayer is always, should always be our first approach to any problem. Prayer should always be our first approach to any problem. Now, once again, this demonstrates mental health is, a, it, we should see it as a health issue. My, let me say this, guys. Your, your first issue, your first approach to a health issue should be approaching it by, I don't know, speaking to health professionals, right? I, I, I know some people will say that's crazy. Look, I, I get myself in so much trouble here. I know I'm going to get myself in so much trouble here. Okay, look, if I, they say the first thing you should do when facing a problem is pray. Look, I am by no means saying you should not pray. But when it comes to mental health, I think your first thing you need to do is to figure out what do mental health experts have to say in regards to this? How would they, what would they say are the four or five ways, something you could do on a Monday through Sunday, you know, almost, a, or maybe just a weekly basis that could have a dramatic impact on your mental health, whether it's diet, whether it's sleep, whatever it could be. What would they offer? I don't think your first step should be prayer. Now, now this is this is important to just hear what I'm going to say because, man, I know I'm going to get some people going to get ticked off at me, but I, I just have to think of this through. All right, number one. So, if I have a seizure, my first, my my, this is just the way my brain works. I know this is going to be offensive, but just hear me out. All right, I get a seizure disorder. My first thought wasn't prayer. My first thought is I need. I need a neurologist. My first thought was, I need, I need an MRI. My first thought, I need a CAT scan. I mean, I, I, obviously, my first thought was nothing because when I come come to, I don't remember anything. But in other words, when I started, you know, processing everything, what happened and understood, you know, I need, I need to, I need help. I need to understand what's happening to me. What is going on? My for, my first thought, you can say because you're unspiritual, wasn't prayer. And here's my philosophical thinking. Well, obviously, I would be praying to the one. Who allowed me to have seizures? <laughs> I would be praying to the one who sovereignly allowed whatever. To, see, if it's if it's a if it's an illness that I'm facing, obviously God did not prevent said illness from occurring. So why would He be the first one I pray to? Why would He would be the first one I go to when He's the one who allowed it? If it's tragedy, once again my approach would be: Why would my first thought be to pray because the sovereign God is the one who allowed the tragedy? Now, I, I I know that that goes against a lot of people's thinking, but it just really is the way I think. Like, like God is the one who sovereignly allowed it. My, my mind is like, why would God allow this? Why would God do this? Why did God not prevent this? Why did God not remove this? My first thought is like, pray. My first thought is, well, okay, what can I do to fix the problem? I, now, at some point, I, I have no problem praying about it. No problem at least expressing to God my frustration, my confusion, my my pain, my suffering. I'm all for that. I, I, even, I don't even have a problem with begging God at some point for relief or help. But just remember, the one who allowed the problem would be the one you're praying to. The one who sovereignly decreed the problem would be the one you're praying to. So if he sovereignly allowed it and decreed it, maybe praying for it to be removed seems somewhat vanity to me, since if he wanted it gone, it wouldn't be there. But let's see how they approach it. So their first... We already know the first approach. Prayer should always be our first approach to any problem. Before we set out to face our inner demons, it helps us to take a moment and return our hearts to God. Scripture tells us that the Lord hears our prayers and he will walk us through any trial. So shouldn't we worry about standing? So we shouldn't worry about standing alone. God knows our fears. He knows our suffering and he loves us through it all. The knowledge alone can be very encouraging. So take a moment and present your troubles to God. Tell him about your anger, sadness, and fear. Don't be ashamed because he wants to hear your worries. Who knows? By the end, you may discover your burden has grown a little lighter. So the solution is pray and your burden will grow lighter. Well, if it's a mental health issue, don't know if it's going to quite work out that way. 
because there could be a lot of factors determining why you're having those mental health issues, like biological. Okay, like it could be there could be something serious going on. It could be genetic. It could be chemical. Now I know there's you know always new there's always new studies and new thinking about how what and can't happen. Now I'm not saying don't pray, but I'm just saying that I don't know if I can say hey. Look, when it's a physical health problem, you can pray about your physical health problem. But I'm going to tell you to go seek medical care and get a doctor. I'm going to tell you, you know, get your yearly checkup and make sure all your labs are done so you can see what, you know, what is happening inside your body. And so they can possibly find early detection, get your screenings done, all the things you're supposed to do, your basic yearly checkups based on your age and your and your family history and all of the basic things. And then they can go, wow, okay, this is clean. This is good. This is good. This is good. Okay, this is good. You know, your blood pressure is good. Okay, all right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We're, we indicate a problem here. We got a problem here. All right. We need we need to do this. Sometimes it may, it may be diet change. Sometimes it may be exercise. Sometimes it may be uh, medication to intervene in the – whatever the case may be. But, but as soon as a mental health issue, we're like – Pray, pray, pray. I'm curious. Do you think if someone's suffering severe mental illness, mental health, maybe entering into a mental health crisis, Severe depression. They're in a pit. Telling them to pray. Are there any long-term negative consequences from that? When they keep praying and praying and praying and the problem doesn't go away and they're begging and pleading and the problem doesn't go away and they're begging and pleading. Do you think they can then feel like, well, I'm unworthy. God's not listening to me. I must be doing something wrong. And it creates other possible mental health problems. Yeah, exactly. So uh, someone just said, I think that's kind of dangerous because if I'm depressed, I pray and don't feel better or improve at all. Where does that leave me? Exactly. I don't, I don't know where it leaves someone. I, I don't know. I don't know where it leaves someone. I, I, I think there, I think it's, I think there's a danger to it personally. Now, again, I, I think every person is different. Some people, you just say and pray, they pray and like, oh, I feel so much better. Wonderful. Now, maybe, therefore, that's not necessarily a mental health issue, right? Maybe they, in other words, it hadn't gone to a mental health crisis, a, 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 a true mental Ill, Ill, a mental health illness. In other words, they're just having a, a difficult time. Maybe that will work better. Now, for me, I think the more, I think it also, this is where you have to know the individual. If the individual is one who is a deep thinker, really analyzing and trying to understand it, sometimes it can be maddening them. Like you're telling me to pray and you're telling me to pray to the one who hasn't removed the problem, allowed the problem or let the tragedy occur. And you're telling me that's going to make me feel better. Like, like, like some of us, it's maddening to hear Christians say that kind of stuff. It's like, have you not thought this through for three seconds? Have you not thought what you're telling me to do? Hey, I know this great tragedy just happened to you, but pray and God will make it better. But he's the one who didn't stop the tragedy in the first place. Now, I guess some Christians, they don't ever put two and two together. Like they're just like. Or they they see that it's connected and it doesn't bother them. It doesn't it doesn't cause them. That's where when sometimes when you get ready to get talk to people about mental health issues, you got to be very careful what you say to people because I think there's never look when it comes to mental health issues, just as it comes to many physical health issues, there's not always a one size fits all solution, especially with mental health issues. So, so that's their number one. I want, I want to do more here, but okay, let's go. Let's get at least one more. Number two. What do you think number two is, ladies and gentlemen? What do you think number two is? What do you think number two is? What do you think? What do you think? 
Uh, since I know people are listening today, I'm going to put them on the spot. What? Because, you know, I don't have anyone here, just in an empty room, right? What do you think? What do you think they're going to pick for number two? Someone's already looking up the article. They're going to like Google it going, I know what number two is. Yeah, because you're looking at it. But if you're open and honest, what do, what do you think they will pick for number two? Prayer is number one. That's the first thing to improve your mental health is supposedly is prayer. Someone says small group fellowship. Hey, I would not be shocked or surprised because small group and fellowship is supposed to be the answer to everything. Okay, small group or read the Bible more. Okay, okay. So a lot of people are thinking the same. Or a lot of people, yeah. I, I, you can you can tell the people who've been involved in Christianity. Okay, because they, they they're just like here's what the answer always is. I I I don't know if 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 I was shocked by this or surprised by this. Maybe I was pleased by it. I don't know. The second one was journal or journaling. Now, it's weird because they quote Esther 6.1 on the night that the king could not sleep and he gave orders to bring the book of memorable deeds, the chronicles, and they were read before the king. I don't know what that has to do with the journaling, but okay. Here's how they're going to explain uh, journaling. Putting pen to paper can often liberate your inner feelings. Don't worry about grammar or neatness. Simply sit down and write. Some Christians may find it cathartic, 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 if I can read right, to write about their anxieties, while others gain encouragement by by relieving, reliving old adventures. Either way, the act of journaling can serve to nourish and satisfy the mind. Studies have found it's especially helpful for those suffering from stress-induced insomnia. Insomnia, insomnia, right? Yeah, okay. Never mind. I was going to say something about insomnia, but I'm not. I'm not going to say anything about insomnia. Okay. Um, oddly enough, even biblical characters were fond of journaling. When King King Xerxes couldn't sleep, he had a servant read him from the recorded histories. David and Solomon were both experienced poets and would frequently put their emotions into verse. You don't have to create the next American classic. Just take a moment to put your thoughts to paper. All right. Now, I don't have a problem with this one. I think it's fine. I think it's good. I think at least it's, I mean, whenever you can write out your feelings and emotions, you're using your mind to try to process them and trying to put them down. And then you can look at what you've written down and come face to face with what you've written down. I don't think that that's a, uh, that's not a bad place to start. That's not a bad place to start because sometimes people will not be able to to verbalize what's going on sometimes when they start writing. But once again, you you suggest journaling to some people, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Um, yeah, well, I, the biblical examples, just so that we know that King Xerxes, I have a hard time with the one they read in Esther 6.1. He had someone bring them the book and read. So that's not journaling, that's reading. Uh, that's, 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 uh, you know, he said they had a servant read to him from the recorded histories. So that to me would, would fit with more Bible. David and Solomon were both experienced poets and would frequently put their emotions into verse. Okay. They did. And I, and I do love that they're, they wrote those things down. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they did write it down. I don't know if it's a perfect example of journaling. It, it fits better than the other example because, you know, they are writing inspired scripture. But OK, um, did they write because they were moved by their emotions or did they write because they were moved by the Holy Spirit? Because all scripture is given by inspiration of God and, old, and men of old were moved by the Holy Spirit to write. Like, like now you get into a whole in, uh, issue about inspiration. I don't want to get into all of that. But okay, they did share their emotions and, 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 and put pen to paper per se. All right, that's, that's, that's great. That's awesome. Now, I do think journaling is a good place to start. At least, I mean, that's at least, you're, you're getting it down. But, but I, what I was about to say, kind of before I took a detour, is that just make sure you understand not all people are going to do that. You buy a journal for some people as a gift and they're going to look at you like, are you out of your mind? Right. They're, they're going to like a calf looking at a new gate. They're going to be like, what, what is that? Right. They're going to be like, I, I know I have no desire to journal. Right. Some people love it. So once again, it's not a one size fit all, but I, I do think it's good to try to get your emotions that are in you out on paper so that you can be see them and you pro and to write means you have to process. You gotta spell, you gotta you got to you know move your hand. I think I think there is a 
uh, a positive thing for journaling. I think it, there is a positive. I would not in any way say that that's a bad thing. But I think many outside of the Christian world would suggest journaling in many situations to, to help people uh, try to process. Their, it's more about trying to process it. It's like you're having a conversation with yourself trying to process it. So, all right, journaling. Okay. I think we're good. Some of their, trying to find some of their, their Bible verses they used to try to prove this. I'm not such a good fan with, uh, but okay. Next, number three. Here's number three. I, I was going to ask for suggestions, but we're already at 50 minutes, so I won't. Here we go. Lean on your community. Lean on your community. They quote Galatians 6, 2 through 12. Um, well, well, they don't quote the whole thing. They make a reference to a part of it. Share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Never be embarrassed to share your struggles with other Christians. The church was created so that fellow believers could nurture, protect, and inspire one another as they pursued Christ. In recent years, though, too many congregations have become obsessed with outward appearances. They put on a showy display of being happy, wholesome individuals when inside they're barely holding it together. This type of thinking is neither healthy nor holy. If you're feeling overwhelmed, it's okay to reach out to your community for help. Find someone within the congregation whom you trust. Let them know what's happening. No Christian was meant to go through life alone. So instead of toughing it out, learn, on, lean on your fellow believers. And remember, we're all stronger when we work together. Now, Here's what I would say. If I take every church I've ever been to, I would say church has been far more a source of mental health struggle than it has ever been a help. Now, I know I probably should not say that, um, well, what if you have social anxiety? Good point. What if you have social anxiety? What if you have an issue where you can't do that? What if your mental health issue would be like, you can't do that? So great. That's a, that's a super valid point. That's a super valid point. All right. Um, okay. So let's just think this through. Someone's having a mental health issue. First, you're turning to people who are not qualified. Number one, I, I'm not saying that's not a, a bad place to start, but let's just make sure we realize we're turning to people who are not qualified. And two, I, at least I cannot speak for the rest of you. But if I go through, if I go through my, I'll just, I'm just going to go through quick examples really quick. My first church, right? First Baptist Church, Tuscola, Texas. My life is falling apart. I end up in the church parsonage because I have no place to live, right? Things are going bad, right? Now things are supposed to go, now this is supposed to be the first step to me now, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have a place to live. And like there was, there was, it was also a sign of a big turning point that things were going to go good, but I would have only been in that place because things were bad. And remember how that all went down? Pastor's wife physically smashed the front window out with her hand opened the door, walked in, grabbed me physically by the ear, physically by the ear, pulled me out of the parsonage and said, you cannot have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ listening to that music. And that music happened to be the album four by the band Foreigner. Sorry not conducive to one's mental health. That's insanity on its on face level. I fa and I faced that as a teenager after my mother had died in an attempted suicide in eight weeks in a psychiatric hospital. Then I have a pastor's wife smashing the window out, dragging me out because you're listening to foreigner. You're going to go to hell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would say not conducive. I don't know why I would want them even to know. They knew my mental health issues. Oh, wait, let me remind you of this. Hmm, let's see. My mom, I get the call. I go to the hospital. My mom is there. For all practical purposes, my mom is dead. 
everyone in the church is notified about what is happening because it's a tragedy because my pastor was at the school when it all went down. He, I think, drove me to the hospital. So everyone knows. And then I get a call that late evening, late afternoon, someone upset with me because I haven't cut the grass to the church. Yeah, not so conducive to my mental health. That's just church number one. That's my first church. That's my first church. Oh, we could go to my church in Nebraska. The one, oh, I I can't even go to all the stories. It would take forever. I just know they had a guest speaker who taught, who literally said from the pulpit about bashing the heads in of someone who's a homosexual. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, not conducive for mental health. Not at all. Not even close. Not even close. My third church, now there was a Lutheran churches in there, okay? But the Lutheran church, there was never really anything going on. So I I count it. So I guess I can say the Lutheran church did not do anything detrimental to my mental health. I I can say that. The Lutheran church did. But you weren't really that involved. I mean, basically you went to church on Sunday morning and that was it. That was it. That was the beginning end with a 15 minute sermon. So, all right, we can, we can, we can, we can digress. So, but, so I'll, I'll call it my third church. Now, the third one in, in Nebraska was very, very, very healthy at the beginning. And then I'm supposed to get out of the military, give up my entire career to become the associate pastor. And I preach a sermon on pastor appreciation night because I think Pastor Appreciation Night shouldn't be a facade where we give a card, a cake, and tell her how great it is. But the rest of the year, we do all the things that leads a pastor to the point of total discouragement and despair. And I, well, guess what? People are mad at me. And so, well, my that's the end of my whole, I mean, that's the end of everything. I can't get out of the military. I, I cannot become the associate pastor. My entire, everything just comes crashing to an end. Like my whole, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm on the verge of what I want and it all is messed up. And so I can't get out of the military because I can't get a job because I ticked off people because I said maybe pastor appreciation should be more than empty gestures. And maybe we could do things like, I don't know, show up for services, maybe actually bring a Bible to church. I don't know. Maybe actually participate in what we're studying. You know, those really, really controversial things. So, yeah, that wasn't conducive to my mental health. I I could go. I could keep giving examples. So I'm just curious, do you think the church is a place that actually is accommodating and good for mental health? Now, remember, you're already going to people who are not qualified to deal with mental health. I mean, just think of sometimes what Christians say when someone's suffering great tragedy. Now, some Christians find great comfort in it. They want the Christian to say, hey, all things is going to work together for good. Uh, You know, they're going to give, you know, sun's going to come up tomorrow. Quote me a couple of verses out of context. And some Christians, they're down with that. They love that. They they walk away going, that was great. I just don't know how, do you think the church is conducive to good mental health? Now, yes, you would hope within the church are people you can lean on and people you can go to. You do. I think you have to be selective. You have to be careful. But let, let's 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 just do this. Like, like, imagine this. Right. This is not even a mental health issue. Imagine this. Someone in your church goes to someone. Maybe they confess that they have struggled with same-sex attraction maybe even looked at same-sex pornography, maybe have even been talking to someone of the same sex and they are having strong desires. Maybe they've even get engaged in physical relations with someone of the same sex. If they were to confess that to anyone in their church, how do you think it would go? Would they be protected so that they could struggle in anonymity or would they possibly face, who knows, exposure, being outed and possibly church discipline? Is the church really the safe place that we claim that it is? Is it really the place where people will protect you 
Now, I have had good experiences. I could talk about things that's happened in my church that I'm currently the pastor when I caused problems. I mean, it was my mistake, my failure, and they showed love, grace, and mercy, and they did protect, and they did give me another chance, and they did help. So I can, I can look at, there, there, there is good things I've experienced. Again, it, 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 it treats mental health to me like it's something, like it's almost like it's something spiritual. If you are diagnosed with a physical disease, first and foremost, yes, you got to get help for the physical disease from trained professionals. You can then lean on other people for emotional support, albeit. But if you have mental health issues, wouldn't you need the trained professionals to help you and then look to other people and then lean on them for help through it so that they keep you maybe accountable, help you get to your appointments, help you with the the, the things you're supposed to do? Now, we'll stop right there. We'll stop right there. That's something for you to consider. I'm 61 minutes. 61 minutes. Lean on your community. So the three things they want you to do is, number one, they want you to pray. Supposedly that will help you improve your mental health. And we've been asking these questions about the connection. Number two, journaling. Okay. Good to go with journaling. Good. Private, anonymous, safe. You process your thoughts. You get them on paper. Sometimes after a couple of hours of journaling, you may look down and go, I need help immediately, okay? Number three, lean on your community. And they point to the church, the church, the church, the church, the church. I would hope the church would always be the place where it would be. I just don't know. I can just go my own personal experiences. I believe the church sometimes has been the greatest source of my discouragement, the greatest source of my frustration, the greatest source of my just wanting to give up. Like, if, if like, what helped you most when you were a teenager? Church or the psychiatric hospital? Psychiatric hospital, hands down. Now, there probably have been a time in my Christian life where I'd have been like, it's the church, it's the church. Now, I think my spiritual, I think my Christianity, if, like, if you were to say what, my Christianity probably had the greatest help, right? But I'm saying if you're talking a human institution, it was the psychiatric hospital, not Christian versus the church. I would have picked, I would have picked the, the psychiatric hospital. That's my own personal, as someone who tried to kill themselves and end up in a psychiatric hospital as a Christian. Now, my Christianity was the greatest help. My Christ, not the church, my Christianity, scripture, God, trying to understand life from that perspective. Now, there was a good portion of time there. I probably wasn't giving that much thought, but I did. I know, tough subject, tough subject, but we, we got we got to process this. So I want you to write on a, a piece of paper. It, it, I'll just end with this assignment. Just want you to take a piece of paper. I always say it, divide it in half, you know, draw a line from the top to the bottom, right down the middle. One side, just write down mental health. On the other side, write spiritual health and just kind of look at it and just think about how do you define these two? How do you perceive they're connected, disconnected? How should they be addressed? Just, you can just, you, if you want to just jot anything down, it's not, it, you're not trying to do an assignment like it's got to be perfect. I don't care if it's spelled right. I don't care. Just, just you work it through. And I, again, I believe, and I'll, I'll state them now because I was going to say them earlier and, I've, and I forgot. Three ways the church handles this wrong is number one, we rip verses out of context and just throw it at these problems. And we saw even in this article ripping verses out of context that because a king wants someone to bring them the book to be read, that's journaling. That, that, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get that. All right. So no, ripping verses out of context. Number two, treating that Jesus will fix everything. See, if we have Jesus, we can fix all of these problems. And then number three, placing a stigma upon mental health. Those are the three ways I think the church has gotten it wrong. I could give a lot more. But here's a Christian article trying to tell us how Christians need to fix their mental health or improve it. And they've given us pray, journal, 
and lean on your community. Love to get your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Hopefully that was beneficial. Hopefully. Hopefully. We will definitely talk about this more. Probably not tonight. I, I, I can, considering how all the things I've been through over the last couple of days, I don't think that I have the physical capacity, mental capacity now to do more. I, I, I just don't think so. So we'll wait till tomorrow and really try to dig into this uh, and hopefully get back on track. But I wanted to at least address this because I've been thinking about it all day. So I, I, now I'd love to get your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. For those who were uh, listening and participating in chat, it's always encouraging. Thank you for doing that. Everyone have a great evening. I'm going to try to find some food. That's what I'm going to do. All right. Um, hey, no, 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 no. I can't listen into Foreigner. No Foreigner. Foreigner 4. Bad, bad album. Bad, bad. It's really bad. Bad, bad, bad. It's just, who knew that that was such a sin? Who knew that Foreigner 4 was such a sin? Of all the things I could have been doing, you know, inside a house <laughs> that could have been sinful as a teenager, I was listening to Foreigner 4. <laughs> and, and, uh, or four is the name of the album. Foreigner, the band. Okay, got, you got it. So yeah, I know dated reference, right? But okay, but yeah, I won't listen to Foreigner. I, I won't. I, I promise, I won't. I won't probably because I spend ninety percent of my time listening to new music. But but see, now I'm going to get myself in trouble again. I know. I only listen to hymns. Okay, that's all I do. Okay, all right. So yeah, it's just it's crazy the things that happen to you in Christianity. It really. Sometimes you look back and you're like, how am I even still connected to Christianity? But then I realize Christianity and the church. Sometimes they're they're so separate that the two don't even recognize each other, but that's it for another podcast. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great night. God bless.